Bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Deuces Wild Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byron. Si presente es el mejor cerveza. No abate por No Filter Network. Miguelito Sandiaguito, not with us today. Will the Thrill, not with us today. But each and every single morning, you guys know this. We come on here and we properly salute our boys. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Remember this, folks? When we are juiceful, we are useful. And when we are juiceless, we are fucking useless. It's as simple as that. A very pleasant good morning to you on the 16th day of February 2024. And yes, it is my birthday, so let's tip of the cap to my mom, Judy. I will be going to her house at 10 o'clock. I was born right around 10 a.m., so this is going to be a special 10 to 15-minute version of the Daily Hustle. And I do think that moms are the ones that typically get shunned out of the birthday celebration. It's like, what did I do? I mean, I just showed up. And she was the one that had to do all the work. So let's give a big round of applause to Judy. Uh, went to her house last night for dinner in Half Boom Bay, California. She made a little skirt steak and potatoes, incredible salad. To go with it, some veggies on the side. There is no place like home, certainly. And here we have the Easton Bat Collection. So these are all the bats that I used coming up through, let's call it, eighth grade to high school. So this is a 32.5, 27.5, a drop five. I use this in senior league, I believe 13, maybe 14 years old. And then transitioned to the legendary Black Magic. This is a 33-inch, 33-ounce Black Magic. Followed up with the EA-70. So this is when they went away from the Black Magic. Actually, it has a little bit of a tapered handle. This is a 34-30. The big jump was just going from a 33 to a 34, but still drop four. And then who doesn't remember the Easton Gold, man. This thing was legit. This is 34-31. Use this my junior year of high school. And then followed that up with the Black Magic again. This is 34-31. And I used this all the way up until I got to college at UCLA. And that's when the drop fives entered our life and just I don't know I mean the Bam Bam sticks that we used to get from Easton were absolutely fucking fantastic and really changed the game of college baseball in general just because it made it that much more offensive all right uh let's not forget our title sponsor bet online it continues to be the number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests, 
and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, capital B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, the game starts here. Also, don't forget about KT Tape. That's right. Hit the QR code in the upper right-hand corner and get yourself some of the KT Tape if you're dealing with any sort of injuries. Look, science on this is very simple. Lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, decreases inflammation, promotes recovery, and typically will alleviate pain. KT Tape, deflaming muscles since its creation. And also... Try Verge. Jory, I don't know, man. I can't find my Verge bottle anywhere around here. But I know I have one in my toiletry bag upstairs, which I will be going up and getting. It's a shot of greatness. It's lemon, ginger, cannabis, honey, all rolled into one. You cannot complain about that. All right, today's Daily Hustle, Day 16 Challenge. And let's not forget, look, if you're new to this, let's try to get this good view of what's at stake here. That's flippy. So I have 100 of these. They will go and they will sell out like that. I want to reserve the first 100 for those who finish the challenge. Now, of course, you guys can bullshit me and say you did the challenge and you didn't do the challenge. Look, flippy is reserved for the challengers. But after that, I'll make them available for everybody else. I think the thought and idea, and by the way, I've come up short on my miles three days in a row now. So I was at 18, then I was at 19. That was two days ago. Yesterday, I wouldn't even look. I was traveling all day. I had the kids all day. I had to get the Tesla towed. My Tesla just gone, like Went off grid, fully charged, no big deal. Dropped the kids off at their tutor. I was going for a run. And the thing showed me a message that basically said, oh, by the way, your car may not start something about the suspension. I'm like, what? What is this? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I come back, the car doesn't start. And then I just leave it there. I got a ride to go pick up the van. I left it there. The next day I go back, I would see if it would start for whatever reason. Doesn't start again. So then we get it towed, but I couldn't even get in the car anymore. I couldn't get on the car. The app, the key, nothing. The car just off grid. It almost made me start thinking, dude, the one scary thing about these smart ass dumb cars is that somebody hacks into these motherfuckers. See ya. Seriously, I mean, the whole thing's run off of a computer system. Now, that all said, I love my Tesla. It's the greatest car I've ever owned. This is the first mechanical issue I could think of. Now, I've bumped into a few things along the way, and yeah, it's been in the shop. They're, they're great. The service people there are actually really good, especially at the uh, one in Reno. So, anyhow, uh, came up short there. So, you don't have to be perfect. You don't. When it comes to getting the miles in, when it comes to doing every one of the challenges, 
I would recommend if you don't get the challenge done on that day, say, for example, tonight. If you don't get it done tonight, get it done tomorrow. If for whatever reason you miss the trash cleanup, right, when you go on the walk, run, fill up a trash bag, you didn't get it done that day, do it tomorrow. Do it today. Whatever. The idea is to do it on the same day. If you don't, great. But if you invested enough time in the challenge, yes, don't be afraid to go ahead and get your flippy. (coughs) All right. Daily Hustle Challenge, day 16. Dance the night away. Dancers don't need wings to fly. I imagine many of you go-hards aren't the most avid dancers, and this is exactly why we have implemented this challenge into the DHC-22. For those of you bemoaning this exercise, here are 10 benefits of dancing that should shut you up in a hurry. Number one, improve cardiovascular. Number two, increases bone mass. Number three, strengthens muscles. Number four, manage weight. Number five, improve coordination. Number six, better agility. Number seven, increase flexibility. Number eight, improve body awareness. Number nine, heighten alertness. Number 10, stimulate brain function. Let's go 30 minutes of uninterrupted dancing if you are a bit shy and want to lock yourself in a room and hit your favorite playlist, that's fine. But we all know dancing is much better if we have a partner. Tips and tricks. Number one, let's learn. Always wanted to learn how to country line dance. So a few years ago, during the same challenge, I pulled up a video of the electric slide and then got after it. For the next week, I treat our living room like a raging cowboy line dancing bar until I absolutely nailed it. And I did fucking nail it. Mm. And the benefit was, I think it was a short time of that after, I was with Will Clark in Reno. And here they were, <coughs> all the, oh, whatever, patrons at this country bar. And they're busting out the line dance. Sure enough, phew, hopped right in, the whole thing. So I got a refresh now, and I'm definitely going to do a little refresher today. Number two, grab your significant other. And go to town the same way we did at junior high school, at a junior high school spring fling. No six-inch rule need apply here. Number three, for those of us who lived through the 80s, pull out the parachute pants and let's relive the breakdancing glory days. We may not have exactly the same way, but we may not move exactly the same way, but my backspin skills, and they are. Their next level, if anyone else is up for the challenge. And number four, gritty up. Don't just let the young kids have all the fun. Take a few minutes to learn the gritty and then dominate the middle of the kids' dance circle at the next 13-year-old birthday party that you happen to go to. Don't forget, by the way, to pick up a copy, a brand-new copy of the Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to youth sports book. Pick that up at ericburns.com. I got to check the availability on Amazon. Last I checked, we had actually sold out of there. So I imagine they will be restocking shortly. Um, Okay. A few of the top stories that I want to get to. Pitchers and catchers have reported. They are in camp right now. And yet we still... Have Cody Bellinger 
and Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and Matt Chapman without a job. What the fuck? Will Clark said it the other day. Look, this could be collusion. Now, I don't understand exactly what collusion is. It's not my spot to speak about it from a legal perspective. Maybe there's just not a ton of demand for these players. I mean, it doesn't seem like all of a sudden teams are trying to skimp. But at the same time, I got to be looking at this going, man, you just handed out a billion dollars to two players, one of which has never pitched a day in the big leagues. The other, obviously, one of the best players in the history of Major League Baseball. But you have the reigning Cy Young Award winner still sitting at home without a job. Somebody explain this to me. So unless he's demanding 300 plus and maybe that's it. And I don't even blame him. I said I'd sign Snell before Yamamoto, at least in the short term. I would. <laughs> so it's the story's worth following. Uh, Giants. The big question here, it says, how is Melvin different than Kapler? Is Zaidi's tenure nearly up? It says, hello and welcome to another installment of the Mailbags in Brisby. Although I guess it's not as cute of a name for these things now that Bags and Brisby podcast is on indefinite hiatus. Why is it on indefinite hiatus? It's no bueno. The San Francisco Giants are not boring. They're also not as exciting as they should be. I'm counting up the negatives in those sentences, but I don't think it matters. They're almost something, but they're not. And it's the not that's not nothing. And it might even be something. What? Maybe we should just get to the questions. All right. This is the one I wanted to get to. What does Bob Melvin bring as a manager that Gabe Kapler didn't? The response here. No idea, and that's not being flippant. It's just an honest answer. I don't know Bob Melvin as a manager yet. He's still a fresh-faced kid. All right, you know what? Fuck this. Let, let's I, – I don't even know why I, I'm getting into it. It's hiring Brian Price as a pitching coach seems to be a huge pivot away from the philosophy of the Giants, Andrew Bailey and Brian Bannister. What effect do you think it will have on the Giants? Look – let me fucking answer this shit very simply for all of you guys. Because I had Brian Price as a pitching coach, and I had Bob Melvin as a manager. How does Bob Melvin differ from Gabe Kapler? Number one, he's going to command a shit ton of respect from his players because he is universally known as one of the best, if not the best, manager in the game of baseball. On top of that, what you're going to find is somebody who communicates with his players really well. He was the first manager that would tell me days in advance what he plans on my schedule and my playing time being. I know it sounds like a little thing, but it was fucking huge because I knew that I had a manager that had confidence in me. Hey, I love this matchup for you. I love this. I love that. Whatever. Beyond that, he is going to keep the Giants in contention. He just will. Even last year, as much of a shit show as it was in San Diego, the Padres passed the Giants down the stretch, and they were playing really, really good 
baseball. He will not quit. At no point is he going to give up and say, ah, you know what? We'll just write this off, whatever. Uh Uh-uh. His philosophy is that he wants to win the series. And this is what I love so much about Bob Melvin. He would break the season down into a series at a time. He very realistic and knowing that you're not going to go 162 and 0, but he also knows that when he has Logan Webb on the mound, no matter who he's going up against, that's a game that the Giants have a very good chance of winning. So with that, well, it's all about making sure the guys understand that because when you lose a fucking game and sometimes it just happens, it's not the end of the world. When managers over the course of a 162-game ultra marathon season freak out after one loss, it becomes an issue and it becomes a grind. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, geez, it's the end of the world. One of the stupidest things that I think is that after a win, you would have music bump in, looks like a B-side, champagne bottles, like, right? You're, you're, you're over-celebrating wins, yet at the same time, you're over-demoralizing losses. And you come in and it's silent and you feel like you're at a fucking funeral. That was never the case with Bob Melvin. Now, look, if we had a shitty game and you blew it and now you're partying and, you know, pretending like, you know, hey, we just had a great day at the office. No, that's also not how you want to act. But I remember several different times where, say, for example, our Starter went out there, gave up five runs in the first. We scratch and claw back. Next thing you know, we lose 6-5, and we leave the bases loaded with two outs, and whoever was up hits a line drive and catches a ball. He would come in and be very optimistic and praise us, number one, for the comeback and say, hey, guys, we did not lose this game. We just ran out of innings. That was one of the famous things that Bomel would say, and he's right. And everyone in there would feel it. And those are the type of things that when you have that confidence from your manager, well, all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, let's carry that momentum into tomorrow. But if you want to over-dramatize the losses, oh, I can't believe it. It's just, it's not good. It's not good for team morale, right? It's... In life, we're doing everything we can on a daily basis just to win the day. That's it. And it doesn't mean you're going to give up on a game that, look, you might be stacked against, uh, the deck might be stacked against you. I can tell you right now, in pickleball, like, there's games I go into knowing if I'm playing two five zero players and I got, I don't know, call it a 4-5 partner, we're going to be up against it. But guess what? This is how... We're going to be able to attack, and this is how I think we potentially could win. We have nothing to lose. You're playing with the house's money. So I think the Giants should have a little bit of that mentality. I think Matt Williams is going to be fucking 
gigantic for them. Just to bring that Marine attitude and the idea that, yeah, like Will Clark talks about, they are going to work. They are going to take their fair share of ground balls over and over and over and over again. So Brian Price, the pitching coach, just an awesome dude. Uh, He has got a demeanor about him that (sighs) calm, cool, collected. Now, how that compares to Andrew Bailey, who seems like very calm, cool, collected himself, or Brian Bannister, I don't know. But Brian Price is one of those guys that he's not going to over-instruct. He's not going to have all the answers and say you have to do it this way or this way or this way. And most good big league coaches aren't going in there trying to put their thumbprint on you. They're just not doing it. They're they're there to help. They're there to assist. They're there to talk to you, to communicate. Really super good communicator. I, I, I always enjoy talking to pitching coaches just because it gives you a little bit of insight from a, a hitter's perspective. But Brian Price, probably more than any other pitching coach that I ever played for, I would have these amazing conversations with them. So what does that mean? Guess what? Giants pitchers will be able to have the same sort of amazing conversations with Brian Price going forward. All right, let's scour it right here for a couple of the top stories. It talks about the 10 things that happened during the offseason that were such a big deal. Uh, I mean, it starts with Otani, right? Let's rip through them just for fun. Uh, Shohei Otani plays for the Dodgers now. The Dodgers actually signed everybody. That's number two. They did. I mean, they got Yamamoto. They then got Kershaw. They got Tyler Glass now. They got Teoscar Hernandez. Holy shit, man. Oh, oh, they re-signed Jason Hayward, Joe Kelly. What an offseason. Juan Soto is the center of a pivotal Yankees season. Yeah, let's not forget about that. You then got some big free agents introduce themselves. Let's see here. This was the more eventful offseason we've seen in international free agent talent. While some of the established big leaders hit free agency have been taking their time signing more than that below, the international stars have been the headliners. I mean, the question is, why is that, right? Why are you going to give Jung-Hoo Lee a hundred and something million, yet Cody Bellinger, all right, I'll meet you at Grammys, right behind you. But Cody Bellinger is still on the free agent market. New Padres reliever Wu suck goo That's not a joke. Who was, in fact, Lee's brother-in-law. There's also Cubs starter Shota Imanga, who already knows his Cubs songs and Blue Jays right-hander Yariel Rodriguez, who's a Cuban but played in Japan with Imanga. I I don't know why Major League Baseball is so fascinated with guys coming over from the Japanese League at this point. I mean, to, to pay the top dollar like that, It's just aggressive. I mean, we'll see how all these guys work out. But again, and I I don't know if because Otani's had this much success, then you're like, yeah, okay, well, let's keep rolling. 
but I think only time will tell. And it, you can't generalize it either. I mean, each individual is obviously very different, so we shall see. Number six, some big names said farewell. Okay. It says a flip side of the previous item, the baseball circle of life, every MLB offseason brings with it retirements. When players you've gotten used to seeing every day for the last decade instead become let's remember some guys. Tricky squares on immaculate grid. That Edwin uh, was it Edwin Jackson on yesterday. He played for 14 teams. Can you imagine how available he is in immaculate grid? We saw some real stars for the last time in 2023, most notably Miguel Cabrera, who finished off his slam dunk Hall of Fame career. Other goodbyes. Adam Wainwright. Though you'll be seeing him regularly on MLB Network all year and surely for years to come. Corey Kluber, Andrelton Simmons, Michael Brantley, Zach Britton, Joe Smith, and a lost Nelson Cruz, who we all thought might be hitting 30 homers when he was 90 years old. And oh, Dusty Baker, two years after finally winning that elusive World Series, he retired from the dugout as well. It'd be fun to see how Joey has spotted us, former teammate of mine, is taking over the Astros this year all right number seven says we now have immortals in five years you're almost certainly going to be able to see cabrera again when he's inducted into cooperstown he'll join hall of fame players voted in this offseason by the baseball Rogers association three of them in fact two players made it to their first year on the ballot level third baseman adrian beltray and twins franchise legend joe mauer after six years of waiting rockies todd helton got the call They'll join Contemporary Baseball era non-players committee selected Jim Leland and his mustache in the hall officially is going to be, uh, all these guys will be inducted in July. It says there are new people in charge everywhere. You can fire the players, they say, but when things don't go well, you got to fire somebody. There it says you can't fire the players. Oh, yes, you can, and they have. Thus, we have a slew of new managers and front office figures throughout baseball. Actually, half of the eight new managers in baseball will preside over teams that had winning records in 2023. Joey Espada takes over for Baker. Council moves from Milwaukee to Chicago. Bench coach Pat Murphy finally getting a shot to replace Council. And former Cardinals manager Mike Schilt is now the manager in San Diego. It would be fun to see how he does. The other four jobs came open after losing seasons. The Angels, Ron Washington is back. The Guardians, Stephen Vogt is now a manager. The Giants, Bob Melvin. And the Mets, former Yankees bench coach, Carlos Mendoza. So a lot of moves, obviously, happening. Let's see here. Most notably, the former Milwaukee exec, David Stearns, now in charge of the Mets, and Craig Breslow. With the very high-profile job of running the Red Sox. Miami now has Peter Bendix in charge with Gabe Kapler joining as the assistant general manager. So now we have a whole new set of people to second-guess. Number nine here. Four top free agents still available. All right, so there are, I mean, we know this. We talked here. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Blake Snell still have not signed, even as pitchers and catchers are reporting spring training. That leaves the door open for some opportunistic clubs to swoop in for a big late addition. Be interesting to see how this plays out. They have a thing here. It says Blake Snell mic'd up while coaching Little League. It's travel ball. And this guy, 
having the conversations with Smell, at least via text. This guy wants to take over the travel ball world. I like his attitude. All right, and lastly, 10. Don't worry, the bases are the same size and the clock is still there. It's remarkable how much time we spent talking about those rule changes heading into last year and how little we thought about them once the game started, despite how much quickly, how much more quickly they made the games go. There was a couple minor changes this year. The clock dropped from 20 to 18 seconds with runners on base. And the runner's lane to first base is a little wider. But otherwise, it's the same as last year. So don't sweat that one. You didn't miss anything here. And with that, you're all caught up. Well, it'll be exciting to see how this whole thing plays out. The baffling part of it, too, because you got the Dodgers who are expected to win the World Series, obviously, but... Once again, I talked about it yesterday. They're plus fucking 350. I mean, the odds of them winning are not great. Now, again, I would take the Dodgers and the Braves. If you were to give me two teams, I will confidently tell you, and you would make money on this because the Braves are like plus 650. So regardless, if you take those two teams and say they will take down the 2024 World Series, I would be confident with that assertion all right well that's about it happy birthday to me good luck to our ltp squads too uh kicking off the 2024 season this weekend in the bay area uh back at you on monday potentially on monday depending on our game times actually no we start late yeah so we'll be back on monday and then deuces wild with Will the Thrill back on Tuesday. That's it. Everyone have a uh, fantastic day. See ya!